Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. It's Live in the Bream with host of Fox News at Night, Shannon Bream. This week on Live in the Bream, such a treat. Um, you know him as the resident stud muffin. That is how he told me to introduce him. <laughs> <laughs> Jimmy Fela, host of Fox Across America. You see him all over Fox. He's on Gutfeld. He was subbing for Kennedy last night. Um, he does all kinds of things. I've heard he once worked as a cab driver, <laughs> which we're going to get into. Jimmy, welcome to Live in the Bream. Oh, my goodness. Shannon Bream, this is a big deal. Like, I'm in my head I, singing Moving on Up by the Jeffersons. I right know now. it's a big deal because it took me a while to lock you in. But You stop. The, the, I tell kids all the time who want to get into the business, like, just persist. Right? Isn't it just that you just wear people down? Oh, that's all it is. Short of like a restraining order, you do not take no for an answer. (laughs) No, no. That's my advice for everybody. Sometimes even after the restraining order, if you've got a sympathetic (laughs) judge. As a uh, officer of the court and attorney, I cannot go down that path with you. (laughs) I I say no. Once there is uh, paperwork that's traceable, you don't want to get involved with that. Um, Okay, so Jimmy, you have such an interesting life now and Mm -hmm. in the past, and who knows to come. what kind of drove you to where you are now? Um, wow. I mean, a, a Ford Crown Victoria for about <laughs> five years. I a, a walked right one. into that. I mean, tech, you know, when you introduced me as a stud muffin, I know it was in jest. But technically speaking, I have had 5,000 women in my back seat. You know, oh, well, well put, that's true when you put, put it, it that terms. way. I didn't know terms. Living the Bream is going to need an explicit content you warning this week. I'll, PG-13. I'll rein it in for you. Um, I always just, I grew up in a fun family. Mm-hmm. You must have. Everyone I grew up around was like a force multiplier of positive energy. I came Ooh, from a I jokey, fun family. Mm-hmm. Well, that's that's kind of what I try to do with my radio show. I say it on the mm-hmm. air that mm-hmm. I say we're just trying to be, you know, positive energy attracts positive outcomes. Mm-hmm. So if you just walk around like a dog with a job, you know, when you go to the airport, you see mm-hmm. a dog that's mm-hmm. always wagging its tail because he can't believe they're counting on him to save the plane. I know. And it always says the do not pet outfit on. Yeah. And I'm like, what exactly are the penalties? Like, am I going to be arrested? <laughs> am I going to be tased? Is there jail time that, for this dog petting? I need to know because that w- that's where I'm calling you for bill money. It's going to involve a dog at the airport. That's a great one to wind up in the big house for. What'd you get in here for? I uh, pet one of those cute labs that was Labrador sniffing out <laughs> bad guys. <laughs> But that's me. I've always just shown up with a tail wagon because that's kind of what I grew up around. It's a good comedy family. Um, and uh, I always, in some capacity, definitely did want to entertain. Um, when my sister uh, was young and a single teenage girl in high school and college, um, I, I had ruined every date she ever had. Every guy that Aww. ever came home had to sit through like a 20-minute joke monologue or I would Do sing you, were, songs. Were you testing material on them? I guess. I didn't realize it at the time, <laughs> but I was definitely like crying out for some kind of attention. Love me. Look at me. How about it? And uh, I never, though, because it's interesting, everyone in my family is a comp of me. Like literally everyone, my mm. brothers, my dad, all of mm. my uncles, mm-hmm. all of my cousins. And mm-hmm. I took police tests and got hired. But at the time I got hired for the NYPD, I had also like started to do stand up comedy mm-hmm. and was now getting paid in drink tickets to perform an opium den. Well, the hey, side. you and know, in my eyes, I, I'm hearing the Jefferson's theme again yeah, as you're telling <laughs> the story. The world. I had the world right where I wanted them. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm not going to go get yelled at for a salary and benefits. No, do you realize that's I'm, crazy. Talk. I'm staying in a La Quinta this weekend <laughs> and telling jokes to straight. 
strangers. Hey, some uh, of those La Quintas are pretty nice. For, they, they have no, a little breakfast bar. This is the trick with every hotel. It's about getting a new one. I can tell you that as a comic on the road. Mm-hmm. Like Hampton Inn's a phenomenal chain. Oh, but yeah. You, you can find a Hampton Inn that opened in 1981 if you look mm-hmm. hard enough, mm-hmm. and it'll be okay, but mm-hmm. it won't be what we used to as the bells and whistles. But to answer your question, um, I always wanted to be in entertainment in some capacity, but coming from a big law enforcement family and a big athletic family, Okay, I never actually would have gravitated towards showbiz because in like that macho like jock circle, Mm -hmm. it was like the performing arts were frowned upon. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Not a real job. Like, what are you going to do? You're going to be in a play? You know what I mean? Yeah, we say stuff like, oh, how's your little play going? Sound of the music. You put on your little costume. How's the Halloween treating you? Are you wearing tights? Yeah, it's a lot of that. (laughs) It's a required part of the uniform. My brother, the ballerina's here, Sarge. Hold on a second. He's got his little tutu on. So uh, You're getting that. A little bit of that. I never would have went there, but what was interesting, this really was the catalyst of my life. Um, It's fascinating. My parents were married 30 years, Mm -hmm. long, maybe 27. And they're both great. I you know, still see plenty of them. Um, they got divorced after 27 years. And what happened was, it was fascinating to me anyway, is I had a buddy whose divorced mom, uh, also divorced, uh, I went to see him in a play. He was in a play at New York Tech University. Mm-hmm. My buddy Stevie Robbins, great dude, who was another jock, all-county baseball player. And in college, he took up acting. And seeing his mom at a play resonated with me because I was like, wow, his mom mm-hmm. has something to do on a Friday night at a time when she didn't have a lot to do on a Friday night. And I immediately, I'm not kidding, it's so crazy. I started doing stand-up because of my mom. I just wanted to get out of the house. Yeah, seriously. So I started doing stand-up. Like I went to an open mic and performed and took my mom to a show. Mm -hmm. And then it just happened. Like, that's the trick. But when I say it happened, it means you started doing it. You started getting booked. Mm-hmm. You, you know, you were still making $2,700 a year. You know right. what I mean? Let's say it happened. We weren't punting out. lobsters off the balcony. <laughs> we were applying to red lobsters in between comedy shows. I got it. Yeah. I got it. Well, I, I honestly think that stand-up comedy looks like the most terrifying thing on the planet. It's nuts. I mean, it looks like I would forget everything I had prepared. People are yelling at you. You're not, or even the jokes that you thought were so great are like landing with a thud. Like it just seems like the scariest thing. There's definitely a lot of that in the beginning. What I can tell you is it's scarier to be off stage than it Mm -hmm. is to be on. Mm -hmm. With the reason being when you're on, you know, you're just in it, man. You Mm got to figure this out. You got to tell some jokes. You got to, you know, you know, reel in the room. Mm -hmm. Uh, But what you go through in the beginning is you do take like a real spiritual beating Mm-hmm. Um, that you almost don't experience. Because start here, to get into you know showbiz, you do have to delude yourself because you know there are so many historical <laughs> right, instances the, of this not working the out. The odds are yeah. not in your favor. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you are really on the wrong end of supply and demand, mm-hmm. okay? But knowing that to be the case, if you have this passion to do it, it kind of carries you through that weird showbiz birth canal Mm -hmm. of you should be demoralized and crushed, but you're just so excited to be doing this Mm -hmm. new thing. So the first time I did stand-up comedy is really interesting. I was doing an open mic at the New York Comedy Club in a true open mic where anyone could perform anything, not just comedy. And the girl that went on before me did a a tear-soaked monologue to her dead grandmother (gasps) and punctuated it by putting a rose on the stool, because her grandma's name was Rose, and crying her way off the stage. No. <laughs> yeah. You're like, okay, that's a great opener for me. Here oh, I, I am. I pulled one out, out of my, you know what? I'm like, you got to bear oh, with me. Uh, no. I'm a cab driver and uh, I've never been around a plant I couldn't smoke before. Hey, <laughs> all right, where's Rose? Is she here? There you go. Uh, but no, it was a terrible set, but that's what mm. you battle through. Mm-hmm. But then once you get going, you know, you might get going. But the trick is, you know, you had alluded to persistence earlier. 
It's everything. It really is. In every profession. No matter what you're going after, it really is. You're competing against yourself. That's what a lot of mm-hmm. people don't know. You know, your ability to self-edit, be honest with yourself, hold yourself accountable. Mm-hmm. Everybody suffers through the comparison game. It's like, well, that mm-hmm. guy got a gig. I don't have that gig. Oh, mm-hmm. But you got to forget about that guy. Because that will always be. No yeah. matter what you're doing, it will always be. Yes. Until you were like supreme commander of the entire planet. <laughs> There's going to be somebody else. Yeah, I'm, I'm, not, I'm a ways off on that one. Well, I don't know. Based on what's going on here in the studio, mm-hmm. I, there, there are things. <laughs> that people can't see that are, uh, I don't know, you might be setting up for some worldwide galactic or universe-wide galactic battle or well, beyond our universe. A lot of my childhood toys are in the radio studio mm-hmm. for Fox Across America. And the reason they're there, Shannon, is because sometimes you get a guest that doesn't understand me or the energy. I'll explain what that is in a second. She's now getting into the props. <laughs> Yikes. We have a funny prescription drug commercial on the show mm-hmm. for a sleep aid mm-hmm. called Bidenica. I it's got made you. from 100% Joe Biden press conferences. Oh my goodness. And someone sent me a fake bottle of Bidenica as like a prop based I on a fake know. joke. This looks like a real prescription. No, and you want to know Single what's inside use. it? Take like as much nuts as you and bolts. Want. Oh no, it says take as much as you want. Fauci doesn't know. <laughs> You're hitting on a lot of different stories. Oh, right yeah, it's there a joke. That, that uh, fake prescription. Yeah, keep up with the Stay focused here, Shanna Bream. Um, but basically, you know, the whole thing for me, whether it's radio, whether it's TV, whatever the heck it's trying to be, is I really think, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm very optimistic. I love that about you. Well, thank you. But I think the world just in general just needs more of that. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, when it comes to politics, if you really were like a hardcore partisan, if you're like an activist, which I don't consider myself on any level, I consider myself a talk show host. Mm -hmm. And I always welcome any type of dissent because I don't want to be the be all end all omnipotent talk show host. But I do think if you're trying to attract people to your cause, you're actually going to attract more people Mm -hmm. if you're reasonable and fun. Right. It's when you scream at people. I've never seen anybody um, compelled or swayed by that kind of behavior. You know, I tell people like, look at it like if you ever walk through a casino. Okay, if you there's that table where everybody's like staring at their shoes and cursing at each other while the dealer shuffles the cards. That's Mm -hmm. not the table to sit at. It's Mm -hmm. the one where they're high fiving and they're doing a conga line. They're making money. Good times. Thank you. So I'm always trying to be the loud, fun blackjack table to attract some good cards. Mm -hmm. I think it works. I think you do attract that kind of stuff. And um, my husband will tell you, I don't think very many things are funny. Mm-hmm. I do like to laugh, but it's usually courtesy laugh. Um, <laughs> no, for, for real. I don't no, know. I, I think I just have sort of a weird sense of humor. He and I definitely do not have the same sense of humor. He does not think I'm funny. Um, I can remember one time that I made him laugh, and I'll never forget that because it was so genuine that uh-huh. he actually was laughing his guts out. But how sad that in 27 years of marriage, I can't think of one time that I really made him sort of guffaw. Um, <laughs> but the thing is, when you're on and I'm watching you, like I, we both genuinely laugh at your stuff. Oh. And so I feel like you're funny, but you're also really smart. I'm and so, and mm-hmm. you dial into things that are happening and kind mm-hmm. of news of the day and current events. And um, you make it look effortless, which is an even bigger gift. Oh, that's the drugs. But no, I can't, <laughs> I can't, I can't, Bi- Shannon Bream, stop Bidenica? it. Don't, that's the Bidenica. <laughs> Don't the drag Bidenica. me out of here. We'll have more Live in the Bream in a moment. Fox News Radio On Demand on the Fox News app. Download the app and just click listen. When you swipe left, you can listen to your favorite Fox News talk shows live. Swipe right for the latest Fox News Radio newscasts on demand. Fox News Radio on the Fox News app. Download it today. Listen, I think when it comes to comedy, and you know how you were talking earlier about being like scared or forgetting your material? Mm-hmm. Every joke is marinated in an opinion. 
mm-hmm. in some type of an emotion. You're telling them that something's weird or scary or really hard or stupid. Mm-hmm. And it's that emotion that allows you to remember the point you're trying mm-hmm. to make. Mm-hmm. So when I'm doing like a news hit, it's just the same thing. Mm-hmm. I've just found an opinion and you're reinforcing that opinion through humor, through mm-hmm. analogy or what it happens to mm-hmm. be. Um, so if it looks effortless on screen, to be honest with you, obviously, you know, it's not, but it's because I'm doing it in a way that's very specific to me, mm-hmm. you know, um, and I think I learned that from watching Lucille Ball. It's a weird thing, but Lucille Ball um, was good at a few things that she did a lot more than you realized she was doing, you know, mm-hmm. certain incredulity and stuff like that and quick, I call, like a snapback joke, you know, a quick retort. And so you just really just trying to do the things you know what to do. You know how they say in politics, here's the, here it is. You know how they tell politicians, always answer the question you want to answer? Exactly. <laughs> I, that's what I used to do in pageants. Yeah, oh, there you go. Yeah, Pageants yeah. and politicians, we have a lot in common. Yeah. Yeah, in common. Oh, I yeah. could talk pageants all, I'm kidding. That's I got next. Nothing. <laughs> that's next. You're killing me. I'm laughing. Um, but really, the truth is, on Fox, get, being given this opportunity, the thing that I feel an obligation to, this is important, is the opportunity. Because mm-hmm. I don't look mm-hmm. around and see a lot of cab drivers or you <laughs> doing know, what you're doing. guys playing video games in their 40s that are on mm-hmm. Tucker tomorrow night or you know, hanging out with you with Shannon Bream. I mean, it's amazing. So I'm just always trying to respect the opportunity mm-hmm. um, because on some level, Shannon, this is the interesting part for me, is I didn't always like my story. I didn't recognize it might be empowering to tell people like, hey, I was a cab driver mm-hmm. and I did not have money in the bank. I just didn't have a bank. I had like a shoebox. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. And I was like, but that encourages people. Because, you know, part, yeah, of course, but part of showbiz in the beginning is like we're over, always overstating how well it's going. <laughs> right. Yeah, bro, I'm playing a batting range in Parsippany, New Jersey tomorrow <laughs> it's, night. It's going to be sold out. Yeah, but the guy who wrote Seinfeld's going to be there and if it goes well, yeah. and like you were always deluding yourself to keep mm-hmm. going. Um, and I didn't realize that like driving a cab and making it here was like the ultimate form of, of keeping going, of, you know, mm-hmm. so of persistence. And now I like, I as you know, I exhaust the storyline because mm-hmm. I just want people listening this to realize whatever they think their impasse is, mm-hmm. if they're willing to show up tomorrow Shawshank style and just hit right. the rock hammer a few times, they're a day closer to that scene on the beach. Mm-hmm. By the way, Shawshank Redemption filmed today, totally different ending because they immediately take a selfie on their phones, get geotagged. <laughs> exactly. They get it's locked all up. over. They it's get locked over. up immediately. Take lessons, kids. Learn from Shawshank <laughs> if you really want to set yourself free. Um, I do think the persistence thing is definitely it. whatever you're trying. I'll have people say to me, you know what? When I was first out of college, I thought I wanted to go into journalism. I started doing that. But then it's really hard. Uh, you're not making any money, just like we were saying early on in comedy. You're maybe working a second or third job. You're doing all these different things. And maybe something better comes along with benefits. And you yep. want to have a family. And for you, it makes sense to do something else. And they'll say to me, gosh, I wish I had just stuck with it. And uh-huh. I think uh, they're not wrong in that not all of us are going to get to everywhere we think we should go or mm-hmm. want to be. But I do think if you tell yourself you got to outlast other people and just be persistent um, and just outwork other people, yep. uh, that goes a long way. The best thing I say to people, whatever the profession is, well, first and foremost is we're all in the happiness business. You know, mm-hmm. if you died tomorrow, you're just going to wish you had a little more fun. Mm-hmm. So if your pursuit really was stand-up comedy, but a good job with benefits came along and a person you loved and a family you started, mm-hmm. and it truly made you happy, you actually won by not pursuing stand-up because exactly. you had that happiness in your possession. But if you're going to persist, the thing everybody should concentrate on that nobody does it's just being really good at it mm-hmm. you know keep working everybody keep working. wants to meet the guy who knows the guy or meet mm-hmm. the gal who knows the guy or the they who knows the them mm-hmm. whatever i'm supposed to be saying to you right now but, but you got to be ready yeah that's the point and if yeah. you don't have the goods you know you're only going to run so far with that ball so i always tell people that you can create a market for yourself but in whatever you want to do 
by doing the thing you're currently doing well because mm-hmm. it will attract attention. It will attract the interest of people who are going to move on from where you happen to be and, and think of you when they need to fill a position. So I think it's show up, you know, as you said, um, don't be a pain in the butt because it's a big part you got of it. No room for that. Be Every a, business is small. Be a yeah. Thank you. In some way. That's a really no. It's a great point. It's like he, the word travels. Yes. Be a dog with a job. Mm-hmm. Be a dog with a job, but do the job well. You got to sniff them bags. It's not all you wagon tags. You got to find them explosives. Yeah. You got to find. <laughs> Even them. if you got to plant one on a guy once in a while. Right. Or the dog's getting fired. <laughs> you're not. You're not living up to your potential here, Mister Labikin. Okay. So back to pageants because mm. I know you want to talk about that. You know. Um. Something that you said made me think of this. That um. It's it's harder to be off stage than on. I think in a lot of ways that's true. But I remember back in the day when I did Miss America, the hardest thing for me was literally when somebody was on stage doing talent because uh-huh. I had such stage fright for that. And I played the piano and I didn't want to listen to anybody else on stage because I didn't want to hear the reaction they got. When, you know, when yeah. the people would go crazy for them, like, man, she killed it. That solo was awesome. Or that dance was <laughs> awesome or whatever. And I'd be like off stage, like, la, 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 la. Like, I just didn't want to hear anything because I, and I, I wonder it. if it's that same way when you've got someone open or somebody you know ahead of you in the lineup where I you're thinking on, yeah. I I don't want to hear how they're doing or how the how the the people are reacting because I just got to focus on what I'm doing I watch almost no stand-up for that reason yeah and you want to know what it is with comedy and maybe this equates to pageantry but I certain gigs are <laughs> for real certain gigs are leadership positions you know that you'll hear the mm-hmm. phrase bandied about that you got to read the room but in mm-hmm. comedy you're actually le- you lead the room you have yeah. a mic you're the only one with one they mm-hmm. paid to see you you set the terms of the negotiation so for that reason I I know when I'm on stage, I'm not going to have that other person, their reaction or their Mm -hmm. energy there with me anyway. I'm just going to have to lead it my own way. Mm -hmm. So in that regard, like I'm so I'm a really friendly guy in comedy clubs. Everybody gets a fist bump, special handshake, high five. It's like the beginning of the movie Kingpin when Roy Munson walks (laughs) in, he takes a bite of the guy's hot dog. Mm -hmm. But once the show starts, like I'm I'm actually the Unabomber, like I'm off in a corner somewhere just Mm -hmm. like hanging out in my space. Mm -hmm. And I just think that allows me to have my own unique energy. Mm -hmm. So I dig that. And that might be part of what you're doing in pageantry is you've got to get you know, Beyonce says you have that inner character that's Sasha yeah, Fierce. Maybe Shannon out. Bream has a Sasha Fierce that you're tapping um, into. For me, it was my inner Chopin. <laughs> that's true. It's a little more sophisticated. <laughs> so, I was trying to keep it classy no, and I remember the notes and it was very scary. Um, so I, that's why when I think about the comedy thing, I'm like, wow, that's really putting yourself out there. That's not going out to play Chopin for a few minutes. That's like <laughs> bearing your soul. Because I think a lot of comedy is based in your real life, yep. based in, um, you know, the reality of what you live with every day. So what would be your advice to somebody? Cause not everybody's going to be as gifted as you and, and find their lane in this. Like, when do you know, okay, this isn't for me. I need to find something else. Well, it's weird because I always look at it like that's, that comes back to gambling. You know, we always used to joke if we had lost everything we had in a casino. Cause I used to gamble a little bit when I was young. I'd I sense like, a thing yeah. <laughs> the gambling, but uh, you know, we used to say, well, you know, you technically haven't lost money until you leave. You know, you're down money, but you <laughs> haven't true. lost money. And in stand-up, you know, you haven't lost time. You're just down time. Okay. You're nine years you can still turn this yeah. around. You just got to keep it going in some capacity. What I would tell anybody, if it's something you're truly passionate about, actually don't ever quit. Because mm-hmm. here's the thing. Most of what we get specifically in stand-up is because somebody we were running with got something bigger and took us along, mm-hmm. like put mm-hmm. you on a TV show or had you on the radio or something like that. Mm-hmm. And that's the 
thing. You might run in once in a while to, you know, maybe somebody like me as I'm not quite in the position I want to be at in terms of being able to help people. Mm -hmm. But when I drove a cab, one of my favorite things was listening to radio shows that had comics on all the time because that consistent exposure was giving those comics a bigger platform and like really boosting their careers. And that's what I'm like hoping to get to with this is like I have a fun career. I have a great drinking story. I showed up here in a taxi one night and now I'm like (laughs) on every show. It's amazing. (laughs) But I'm hoping to use that to give 20 other people that Mm -hmm. story even if it's not internally here at Fox, but at least it's exposure that helps them outside at their comedy clubs. So I would say keep going if it's a passion and you just truly love doing it, only because you never know when you're going to bump into that guy at the open mic that winds up being the guy. And everybody who's ever made it in comedy specifically will tell you that, that they've quit comedy 35 uh, times, yeah. 35, but mm-hmm. they, they got back 36. Mm-hmm. And one night they wound up hosting The Tonight Show. Jimmy Fallon would tell you he's quit stand-up comedy 50 times, mm. 50, mm-hmm. easy 50, moved back to Boston from New York, you know, drank himself senseless. Get discouraged. Yeah, yeah. but you figure it out. You know, you just got to keep going. Again, Shawshank. Yes, you do. It's one one dig, one tap at a time. <laughs> okay, so let me ask you this. Final mm-hmm. question I have for you. Um, do you feel like you got to be on all the time? No, and I'm not on. This is the thing. But see, the, you're just that good then. It's just, it's, dude, it's You just, do come from a place of optimism and good cheer mm-hmm. and positivity. That's just all it is. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And um, So you're not going to leave here and you have a heroin secret you know, <laughs> habit we don't know about. And like, dude, you cry yourself dude, to sleep every I night. I look like I have the physique of a heroin user? <laughs> you and Kay Moss, I don't know. She was the model for quote we're, unquote We're indistinguishable. Street. I'm so slim, you know? No, um, you no. look athletic. Yeah, there's a little bit of that. You okay. said athletic. Um, but I, I do worry about people that do seem so cheerful and, and have to kind of make a living making people laugh if they have a, no. a sad side. Can I know? Can I tell you what it is? Um, I do just, it shuts off. Like, this is how I fall asleep at night. Mm-hmm. Like, at some point, I'll be talking to out. Jenny or Lincoln Fela mm-hmm. and just wake up six hours or eight hours or four hours later and start the day. <laughs> there's no, like, mid-conversation. I'm like, so the Yankees are up five and I just wake up That's the next it. day. It's like a, it's like you unplugged a robot. Oh well, my husband says that I'm like a hundred miles an hour yeah. or asleep. Mm-hmm. There's really not an in between. Well, do you find really quick that I feel like it's easier to be on blast than it is to go halfway? Because mm-hmm. you're on blast all the time, you mm-hmm. have momentum and mm-hmm. it keeps mm-hmm. you going. I like it's, that. It's the downtime that's exhausting to me. But you could mm-hmm. stick me on twelve shows and I'll do them all with the same energy and level of focus. Mm-hmm. But if you put me on two shows nine hours apart. Mm-hmm. You know, you might get tired in between if you didn't occupy mm-hmm. yourself with a task. Hmm. So back to the dog analogy, you just as, <laughs> as long as the airport's crowded, the dog's going to be there. All right. Well, we're glad you were here on oh. Living the Bream with us this week. Jimmy Fela, um, he is a man of many talents, but also just a great guy. And oh. I love that you remind us to be positive, to show up, to work hard, um, and just to have an optimistic outlook on life. We need that because there's so much thrown at us every day that would try to kind of suck our joy out of life. Mm-hmm. Um, and you are the opposite of that. Wherever that is, your joy instiller, infuser. <laughs> you could start a brand of those infusion sprays. Imagine the Beach Boys song, Fun, 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 except Daddy doesn't take the T Bird away. And then it's just well, all. It, listen, my well, dad was a huge Beach Boys fan. So, so yeah, well, life is instance, just going to, we're just going to be cruising. What happens is daddy gives her the car, but at $7 a gallon in California, she just has to stop driving. <laughs> she has to give up <laughs> She now. actually can't give it back. That's see, the new version. Even Jimmy can make us laugh about something as terrible as gas prices oh, at the pump. All right, Jimmy, hope to see you again soon. Thanks for joining us on Live in the Brain. We'll always have this. Hi. 
I'm Charles Payne. Listen to my Unstoppable Prosperity podcast so I can get you making money right now. Whether stocks are hitting new all-time highs or in freefall mode, opportunities abound. So why are so many potential investors still sitting on the sidelines? In a new season of my podcast, I'm going to get you in the game. After 38 years on Wall Street, I'm ready to impart some lessons and get you invested in the greatest wealth-generating machine in history. Listen anytime, everywhere at foxbusinesspodcast.com or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast.